As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Sports Professor Rick Harrell, welcome to Beyond the Scoreboard, the show that goes way beyond the trillion-dollar business of sports, deal-making, law, marketing, whole host of stuff. If you want to see our 15 to watch, which we do every week, the top 15 items, plus the five top tech and the five top power stories, the philanthropic stories, look at our at Rick Harrow, Washington, NBCWashington.com, and a whole bunch of places with our partners at NBC that we do this podcast with on a regular basis as well. And join us, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play and Stitcher and Audio Boom and iTunes and wherever amazing content is found. And speaking of amazing, you know, you got to start with March Madness. I understand that there's no way around it. And to tease, we're talking all things hockey with Bill Daly, the number two guy at the National Hockey League, the the deputy commissioner of the NHL. We caught up to him in San Jose at the All-Star Game in a sweeping interview that I'm sure you will like. But first, let's deal with March Madness. And of course, what's changed since last year? Gambling. That's what U.S. Supreme Court, as we know, last May overturned the federal law that previously withheld legal sports books to Nevada. And Bloomberg says seven more states have now begun to allow betting and a couple dozen others are considering to follow suit. Nationwide, operators' gambling revenue could reach about $6.5 billion by 2023. And bettors in Jersey, where legalization arrived last June, already wagering about $400 million every month. Tens of millions of Americans who otherwise rarely bet on sports will fill out a March Madness bracket and put down 10 or 20 bucks to enter a pool with friends or co-workers. And the bottom line is, it is bigger than ever before. We usually talk about this time the amount of unreported illegal gambling. It'll still be there, but the illegal gambling, certainly money into coffers of states, and it's going to be worked out over time. The other deal is what it means to the city around the Final Four as well. Uh, 2019 March Madness Music Series in Minneapolis. Singer and songwriter Katy Perry headlines the Capital One Jam Fest on April 7. DJ and producer Zed tipping off the night. The music series held at the Armory in Minneapolis and opened at the AT&T Block Party on April 5. Twin Cities can get an economic boost of $102 million in spending and 94,000 non-resident visitors coming into the metro, according to a study done by Pennsylvania firm of Minnesota's Events Local Organizing Committee. Fresh off a of Super Bowl uh, last year, hosting the Final Four, another opportunity for Minneapolis to showcase itself, not only downtown, but the rest of the region, which is why Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta and Lucas Oil in Indy and New Orleans' Mercedes-Benz Superdome, Energy Stadium in Houston, and University of Phoenix Stadium in Phoenix have coveted the game for the next five years and, and are getting it. So it is not just the economics as well, but also the philanthropic aspect to allow people to be able to make commitments in a higher platform and a more visible platform than they may ever have. 
Infinity commits about a million dollar donation to commit to the American Cancer Society through March Madness. Division I men's basketball coaches battled against one another for fan votes for the automaker's timeout for the win campaign. The men's basketball head coach of Iowa State, Steve Prom, came away with a victor with Infinity, about $360,000 to coaches versus cancer in his name. Second and third place voters, Bob Huggins of West Virginia, Chris Holtman of The Ohio State University, they make a contest out of this, and since 2009, the automaker has donated more than $9 million to a variety of charitable organizations in connection to the partnership with the NCAA and is using this year's legal gambling during the NCAA tournament to give back. Good idea in a lot of different contexts. Now, finally, where has this been? We've been through this a couple of weeks, and you haven't heard it. Well, here it is, our annual report of the Challenger Gray and Christmas study. It is that global outplacement and executive coaching firm that talks about lost productivity. And they say this year, every hour spent on games can cost employers $2.1 billion for $13.3 billion over the length of the tournament that ends with the national championship in Minneapolis. The research done by staffing firm office team indicates that the championship game on April 8th will be the culmination, but during the week, 25 and a half minutes of the workday on average spent on March Madness-related activities. And a survey by T-Sheets and QuickBooks showed that at least 48% of people participating in March Madness won their brackets during work hours. However, the basketball tournament can foster a little excitement during among co-workers and streaming games during work hours, heading to a local restaurant to watch games and filling out brackets just discussing the games with co-workers will mean hours of distractions during the three-week tournament, Andrew Challenger, the vice president of the firm, said, but he adds the employers should use the tournament games to build morale and not restrict employees. About 97 million people watched March Madness last year, even more on devices, tens of millions during work hours, and I say a, a happy worker is a productive worker. So listen here, if you're thinking about doing this, Tell your employer, I'm watching the games or else, and I said so. (laughs) Well, don't say that, but hey, bottom line is, this Thursday, this Friday, obviously something special. And it's not just basketball. A lot of other sports sprinting toward their culminations, and in the case of the NHL, toward the playoffs. The value of teams has gone up 15%. The average franchise value is a little less than $600 million. The 14 of them at a half a billion dollars, including Vegas. Look at expansion alone. $2 million for the six of them in 1967. $50 million in the 1990-92 eight-team expansion. Vegas at $500 million. Seattle's going to be much more 650. So they're going in the right direction. Media, a 10% stake in BAMTech. That's about a $3.5 billion valuation if you took it to market. NBC's great deal, obviously. Rogers, a 12-year, $5.3 billion deal as well. The challenges remain, and we'll talk about them in a minute, but before we even get into that, this is an interview that's taken a while to track down. He's a good friend, but he also has been the deputy commissioner of the National Hockey League for a long time and has incredible perspective, as you'll hear from from San Jose from the All-Star Game, and giving it to you now, Bill Daly. Presented by Group 1001, I'm your host, Rick Harl. And Bill Daly, who has been 
the guy in the NHL for so long, deputy commissioner, and so much more. How are you? I'm great, Rick. How are you? I'm wonderful. So Welcome to San Jose. Well, thank you very much. It's supposed to be warm here, but I don't know if you remember John Matuzak from the University yes, of Mars. Yes, I do. And I see some like smoke coming off the top of your head. I don't know if, I don't know if that's a, well, that you know, cut. It's a, it's a crisp morning, but I, but I understand it's going to be beautiful. So. Yes, it is. It's going to be beautiful no. inside and out. No. So uh, Gary Bettman, who we all admire, said in one of his speeches as it relates to a strong league, strong, healthy franchises, a game that's competitive, compelling, and entertaining, great players and people for our fans to connect with, and a great fan base. Where the NHL is today, uh, does that all ring true? Where is the league in the context of all of that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he hits all the high points for sure. I mean, uh, you know, the, the success of any product, uh, certainly a sports product, starts on the field or, in our yeah. case, on the ice. Uh, and our on-ice product has never been better. Um, we, have, uh, we have a very vibrant uh, and passionate fan base. Uh, we have great players. Um, you know, we have people who care about the game, involved in the game. Um, so the league's in a really good place. It's, uh, I, I can't, you know, I've been with the league 22 years now. I, I can't uh, think of a better uh, time for the league. Economic indicators. You know, nobody really talks about franchise values until it's time to sell. And nobody talks about Forbes until you see the high values. Given that 15% increase in values, $600 million in, in revenue. And so if you invest in the NHL, by the way, you're making a lot more money than you're investing in the stock market. How do you feel about that? Uh, I, I, well, uh, I think uh, NHL investment is its a good time for NHL investment. I think uh, you've seen a lot of people recognize it's a good time uh, to invest in our league. And, and I do think uh, that uh, you know the growth of the, the asset value of the sport is at an all-time high as well. So it's... Uh, you know, we're, we're really pleased with, uh, you know, with our expansion in Las Vegas and, and recently announced expansion in Seattle. And it shows the demand for NHL hockey at the you know, ownership level as well. Well, let's follow through with that for just a minute. We'll quantify real numbers. Two million dollars for the original six in 67, 50 million for or so for the next eight in 1992, 500 for Vegas, 650 for Seattle. How'd you do it? Um, you know what? It, I think it, it all goes back to uh, where we are now as a league and an entertainment product and an industry and, and an exciting time uh, for growth. Uh, we continue to see uh, a lot of opportunity for growth, uh, you know, whether it be through technology, whether it be through our international footprint, um, having events and growing our international business. Uh, we, we reached out into China, ventured out into China with a Chinese strategy over the last three years and, and expect to continue that. Um, there's a lot of growth opportunities. And then finally, for now, and then we'll talk about charity, media is incredible. You have great partnerships and no ceiling. You've got a $6 billion or so deal in Canada. You've got an incredible deal with NBC. You've got BAMTech, which is another investment opportunity broadly defined. Uh, and then you got all these other breakthrough media companies that want to use the NHL to propel you to the next level. You ought to be pretty happy with all that? Yeah, I think we're uh, very happy with all that. And you're, you're right. It, it was... Uh, transformational I think for our business you know the last two national media rights uh, deals we did uh, first with NBC here and then with Rogers in Canada the BAM Tech deal as you mentioned um, you know there are continuing uh, growth opportunities in the media space uh, so many different ways to deliver content and uh, uh, we look to, to take advantage of that strong league stable league growing league always is it's even more important that you deal with Lee behind in the legacy. In that context, philanthropy for a few minutes. Hockey fights cancer. Talk about that program. 
Uh, it's a program that's uh, longstanding. It, it uh, was initiated shortly after Gary uh, got to the NHL. Um, it's uh, something our clubs embrace on a yearly basis and, and something our players embrace on a yearly basis, something that's really important. It, it started with an initiative um, a, as a result of, of a player who was diagnosed with cancer uh, at the time he, he recovered. Um, we've had a number of ambassadors over the years uh, suffering similar afflictions. Scott um, Hamilton. For raised, example, ra- a, right? Yeah, right. raised yeah. raised a lot of money uh, over that time period. So it's a, I, I would say it's a foundational uh, charity initiative for the league. And you've transformed in a way, and maybe it was part of the overall vision anyway. The hockey fights cancer nights are done not just in NHL markets, but all over the country. Is it part of the desire now to create things at the league level and to make sure that they uh, permeate all over North America? Well, we've been doing more and more um, of those types of things particularly with our, the recent advent of our industry growth fund, which we uh, administer jointly with our National Hockey League Players Association. Um, it's a certain amount of money that's set aside, actually a fairly large amount of money that's set aside every year by our clubs and our owners um, that we have been using to really fund um, uh, grassroots efforts to, to grow the sport, uh, charity efforts to grow the sport, um, and it's a, it's a real credit to our ownership to have the vision uh, and the ability to do that, willingness to do that, uh, but also to the people who are executed on the ground every day. And one of the reasons why Bill Daly has been at this office for over 80 years is that he's non-plus. The landing pattern, by the way, is maybe 20 feet, so we saw a jumbo jet about 15 feet away, but you wouldn't know it. Thank that, you that very much. That was a jumbo jet, yeah, yeah, for sure. It was a jumbo jet. Gives you an idea about labor negotiations, ladies and gentlemen. He stays the course. <laughs> Not changing the subject, but to stay on it. Environment, very important to a lot of your kids. Frozen ponds and rinks in Canada, otherwise as well. How does the environment and the greening issues play into all this also? Well, another initiative uh, that, uh, that really uh, spearheaded originally by the commissioner probably about 10 years ago, um, wanting to make a difference in the environment, understanding the issues associated with uh, artificial ice and, and the issues they raise. And, and we have uh, an individual internally who is dedicated uh, 24-7 to, to the greening issues and, and running our greening program in Somar Mitchell. Um, something that's very, very important uh, to us, something we consult uh, with every club uh, when they're designing arenas, um, something we work uh, with our clubs on on a regular basis, even with existing arenas with respect to, to uh, environmental friendly practices, uh, something very important to the commissioner in the league and the owners. Diversity. We celebrate Willie O'Ree's uh, uh, long overdue uh, acceptance uh, and election to the Hall of Fame. Uh, he stands for this, but you all have done much more than that relative to diversity in the NHL and otherwise talk about it. Yeah, hockey is for everyone. And yet another uh, initiative that uh, that is uh, we've done jointly with USA Hockey uh, as a uh, kind of flag bearer for that program. And, and it's all about uh, creating and encouraging uh, diversity and inclusion in our sport uh, at all levels of our sport. And it's something, you know, we take very seriously um, and we think is important to the growth of our sport. Uh, we think it's important both to the fandom of our sport, but to participation in our sport. Uh, and I think it kind of dovetails with the grassroots efforts 
we're making um, in a lot of the inner city areas, uh, uh, making balls and sticks available to to, to youth, uh, so they get a grasp and an understanding of what our game's about and the principles of our game. Um, and you know, hockey is for everyone's been a driver for that. Great segue because balls and sticks are important, but facilities and ice are also very important. So the youth development programs, the learn to skate programs, the hockey development across North America, one of your more incredible initiatives of all of them. Talk about that. I think the rink development is something, again, we've been working on off and on over time, going back a couple of decades, certainly since I've been at the league. But uh, I would say in probably the last five years, in far more concrete ways, um, that is also uh, some of where we use our industry growth fund uh, to help fund clubs uh, who want to partner on local ice rink initiatives um, to get more ice uh, and make more ice available to youth. Uh, it's, it's it is one of the barriers to our sport. We recognize that. Um, we think you can play not only on ice, but uh, on, on hard surfaces as well. Um, and the ice will come secondary, but obviously the more ice rinks, the better. And that's important for us, both in the United States, but also in Canada. Well, and also, uh, obviously, it's a key to the Sunbelt strategy in places where this isn't exactly the Sunbelt, but in places where hockey was not a, a, uh, a, a didn't have a cultural beginning, let's say. And so the NHL All-Star we're inundated by it. By the way, why isn't your face on a puck? Um, Everybody else's face is on our puck. I, I, why, think it, I think it's just our players. Oh, I see. I, I think see. it's I the people who deserve oh, to be sure. on the pucks. Well, yes, yes. That's, those are yeah. two different issues. Whether you deserve to be on one, even, you're not on one. I don't think the commissioner is on no, one. No, he's not. Well, pucks. if he's not on one, that's you right. sure as heck that's, not, not going to be on sure. one. That, I guarantee you that. But so talk a little bit about the embracing of the All-Star Weekend by San Jose and Northern California. Well, it's been fantastic. I mean, we're, we're really just at the start of the, our, our weekend. Uh, you know, we started yesterday. We had a um, we had a kickoff for a, for a legacy project at the San Jose and the league. Um, uh, you know, we were talking about rink development um, that San Jose and the league partnered on uh, to, create, to refurbish a rink here in San Jose, a, a ball hockey rink right. in San Jose, uh, which was great. Um, you know, John Tutora uh, and and his group here have, have uh, really wanted the Austin all-Star Game has done a fantastic job in working uh, to plan the All-Star Game. I know they're very, very excited uh, about uh, how good it's going to be, and uh, I share their excitement. It's uh, it's a great community. I can tell you that this uh, this club's made a difference in this community from the time it uh, came into the league and continues to make a difference today. I think, you know, San Jose, it's the only major league professional sport, uh, the big four in San Jose, and, um, you know, I, I think the, the community certainly has embraced the club. Um, and it's become part of the identity of San Jose. Just quickly to end, strong business, strong entrepreneurialism, look ahead to the future, a couple of issues. Um, parity. So you look at the numbers, again, that nobody believes because they're Forbes, but you have a uh, well over billion-dollar franchise in Toronto. You have a net worth. You have a franchise in Florida that's at $300 million. You have tremendous efforts to level the playing field. Uh, how challenging is that? You know, I think it's a challenge in any sports league, uh, you know, when the revenues in one market don't necessarily uh, equal the revenues in another market. And that's why, particularly given the system we have with the salary cap, it's important to have a, a robust revenue sharing system. And, and we have one uh, as part of our system. I think we share our, our you know, again, with the, the foresight of our, our big market clubs, I think they know how important it is uh, to make sure all the clubs in the league are competitive, uh, that the league is competitive, that the uh, 
the competition on the ice is competitive, and and uh, you know that that certainly is the thought behind the, the revenue sharing uh, process. And I think it works. I think we, um, you know, I, I I think the results on the ice would suggest we have the most competitive uh, most competitive balance we've ever had. So, in this era of unbelievable political turbulence, it would be reassuring to know that labor and management could get together and understand this is a six billion, maybe more, industry, and we'd work together to grow the game long term. We hope that happens. We hope that happens um, for sure. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, we in the Players Association certainly our relationship during my time in the league has evolved, um, and I think it's evolved in a positive direction. I think, uh, I think, you know, there's alignment on the fact that you know it's good for everybody if we can grow the the game, grow the business, uh, grow revenues. Um, I know the players are in tune with that. That growing revenues means that their salaries grow. Um, so we should be working. Uh, in the same direction on the, on the same things. There are always going to be issues that separate uh, management and labor, and there are always going to be things uh, that you would want different in a perfect world, but we don't live in a perfect world. Um, we recognize that. I think the Players Association and the players recognize that, and we're going we're gonna to work hard. We're in, we're in efforts right now to work hard to, to try to uh, come to a deal sooner rather than later. Finally, 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 where is the NHL, and maybe more importantly, Bill Daly in five years? Uh, well, the NHL, I hope, will uh, be uh, at a, a place uh, above where we are now because I think uh, the one thing I would say is uh, we continue to grow, we continue to get bigger, we continue to get more popular um, every year, uh, and I expect that that trend will continue, and I certainly uh, uh, expect uh, that it will continue. Um, I, uh, As for, for me, ho- hopefully I'm, I'm, I'm part of that growth, so hopefully I'm still here. So we judge importance of weekends by clothing that Bill Daly sketches out, and sometimes it's a, a jacket and leisure suit. Today it's charcoal suit day, so yes. it's a big weekend for you. Thank you, my for friend. Sure. You're Thank the best. You, Rick. Appreciate Thank you. it. Well, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly certainly has some interesting thoughts about all of this, and the challenges obviously remain. Growing the game internationally in China with the understanding the Olympics may not do it with them, but other things will. Eastern Europe, even the Mideast. The gambling issues we talked about before, the stake of gambling in hockey, about $300 million in early value, more over time. New markets, what does Houston do? Where does Phoenix go? How far do they give them a chance to get the arena done? And then the haves and the have-nots. When you think about it, Toronto is worth about $1.4 billion at number two, especially their new naming deal, half a billion dollars with Scotiabank. The Florida Panthers, 30th at $305 million. So the gap is there, and it's getting wider, and that is an issue. But absolutely convinced that if there's anybody around that can solve these issues, it's the team of Gary Bettman and Bill Daly. Well, let's talk NFL. The first thing they did is to switch Super Bowl networks between CBS for the 2021 game and NBC for 2022. 2022 Super Bowl competes directly with the Beijing games, and the New York Post said it believes to be the first time the Olympics will have been preempted off-broadcast TV since NBC first started producing them in 88. The Beijing start, uh, games start February 4, and the Super Bowl February 6, the opening night of the Olympics. And by taking the 2021 game, CBS can sell its own Super Bowl without going up against the Olympics. And by taking 2022, NBC can package both mega events together. 
a win-win for everybody. Leave it to the NFL to come up with that solution. The NFL also marketing certain things to the benefit of consumers. The, the contest will give one fan's season ticket away for a century. First of its kind contest, tickets for 100 years, in which presenting two season tickets for the next century to a contest winner as part of the 100th season of play, Associated Press says. And to qualify to win tickets for their team of choice for 100 years, fans have to describe their loyalty to their favorite team in a social media post. The contest closes April 7. Finalists flown to Nashville for the NFL draft. Winner announced during the first round on April 25. First fan-focused series that speaks to the spirit of the fantennial celebration at the heart of our centennial year, says Roger Goodell. And the contest marks the first of a series of fan experiences NFL fans will be able to enter throughout the league's 100th season following the launch of the NFL 100 campaign during Super Bowl 50. And other NFL issues, obviously more stability, at least in the short term. The Raiders officially staying in Oakland for the 2019 season. The stadium lease extension approved by the Oakland Stadium Authority Board. 19 season includes a $7.5 million deal plus $750,000 they owed from previous parking fees. The team pays $525 for the practice facility and is allowed to continue using it for 36 months after relocating to Vegas. The agreement also includes an option to stay for 2020 in case the Raiders' new $1.84 billion, 63,000-seat stadium in Vegas isn't ready next year. The deal comes on the heels of the latest proposal by fellow Coliseum tenants, the A's, to build a mixed-use new, mixed new stadium on Oakland's waterfront that includes 3,000 housing units, another 3,000 to be built on the current Coliseum site. We're running out of time as far as the Oakland baseball issue is concerned. Just have to see how that all shakes out. Final football issue involves the Cowboys. The organization creating an exclusive shared office facility at its star development in Frisco called Formation. The membership-only operation includes workspaces, access to fitness, entertainment, and networking. Along with the office space and access to facilities at the Star, the membership includes custom business events. It developed exclusively for Formation by Dallas Cowboys front office staff, unique member-only digital content, and advanced access to most events at Ford Center and AT&T Stadium. Mixed-use developments, some including co-workspace, have become commonplace in sports facilities. Multi-million dollar projects are currently under consideration in Oakland, San Diego, Miami, and other cities. But the Cowboys Frisco facility is somewhat unique in that it is a suburban address rather than relocated within a city center footprint. And the other unique thing is the Dallas Cowboys are certainly a marketing wizard. Let's talk about baseball. Major League Baseball and the Players Association agreed on a series of rules changes that will kick in over the next two seasons. Ratification by all 30 clubs, subject to, but it probably will be, the break between innings reduced from 2.5, 2 minutes 5 seconds, to 2 minutes in local games, and from 2.25 to 2 in national games. The All-Star Game now see fan voting conducted on two rounds, a primary round that mirrors all-star voting of an old followed in June or early July by Election Day with the top three vote-getters at each position voted on by the fans. In addition, total player prize money for Home Run Derby will be increased to $2.5 million, 
with the winner receiving a million bucks. And while in typical games, the maximum number of mound visits per game reduced from six to five and changes for 2020 include an opening day roster increasing from 25 to 26, while the 40-man active roster for September will be eliminated. The changes are meant to take America's pastime into a more friendly area and obviously quicker as well. Look at some of the other issues that teams are trying to do, like the Twins. They're rolling out monthly passes to fix the 2018 attendance gap and attendance dip. The Twins Pass Initiative will allow fans to gain entry to the team's target field for as little as 49 bucks per month without a designated seat. What this means is fans waiting for a regular seat at the 39,500-seat capacity venue can pay 99 bucks each month for a vantage point in the upper level or about 150 for a perch in the lower level. Fans wanting to watch the game with friends or family signed up to the same package can link their friends using a sit with friends function built into the platform managed through the MLB Ballpark app following the footsteps of the Warriors who introduced this as a first of a kind deal in its in the in the building pass. The Twins are the latest U.S. sports franchise to roll out a monthly ticket offering. And as stadiums are becoming smaller and OTT platforms are created, the sports team's going to be forced to continually renovate the strategies and bring fans to live events. A great example of teams marketing during the offseason. Finally, Major League Baseball. And look at the year the Brewers had this last year. But when deciding who would get a playoff share after the Brewers advanced within one game of the series, they voted to include Bob Euchre to receive 123000 Euchre really part of the Brewers team. They even included him with the 2018 uh, playoff clubhouse celebration, dousing him with plenty of champagne. But here's the catch. Instead of holding on to his share, Euchre divided it among some of his famous fav- favorite charities, Make-A-Wish, Boys and Girls Club in Milwaukee, Wounded Warriors, and others. And away from the radio booth, Euchre prefers to stay in the background, but has agreed to allow his name to be placed in a new wing at a hospital in Wauwatosa, where he's an active philanthropist. And even at 85, if you can believe that, he's not planning on sitting on the sidelines and continues to give back through his classic radio voice and charity around Milwaukee. Really, really, really good for him. We're going to end with NBA and then soccer. A couple of big issues in the NBA this year, uh, this month. The Oklahoma City Thunder signed a New Jersey patch deal with Love's Travel Stops and Country Stores, a deal that now puts Jersey patches on all 30 NBA teams. This is the last one out. Terms not disclosed, but Oklahoma City-based Love's is a longtime Thunder sponsor. The team premiered the patch over the weekend during a home loss against the Warriors. Other elements of the patch deal include media and social media, as well as a community service component. Lowe's Travel Stops counts about 500 retail locations in 42 states across the U.S. The family-held company has also invested in sports sponsorships, including NASCAR, Michael McDowell's number 34 Ford Fusion, minor league baseball, and collegiate teams. The Love family worth about $7.3 billion, according to Forbes. Now... The NBA's 30 different jersey patch deals have been estimated to average about $9.3 million annually, the top-rated big market teams obviously commanding a higher price tag. And then finally, let's talk tennis. We deserve to. 
and after a change in venue with some heavy investment from IMG, the Miami Open hopes to regain a premier status within tennis. Of late, the long-standing tournament has fallen behind the likes of BMP Paribas and Indian Wells, the winner of Tennis Tournament of the Year Award every year since 14. Now, with top tennis player James Blake in his second year as Miami Open Tournament Director and the relocation to Hard Rock in Miami Gardens complete, the time is right for a revival. The Dolphins' home was secured as the tournament's new site by IMG after expansion plans at Key Biscayne were shuttered. The new venue sees its prime matches played on a 14,000-seat show court within the main stadium. 29 additional new match and practice courts adjacent. Hard Rock also offers commercial upgrades on parking, hospitality, and fan engagement. And IMG invested $60 million in the festivization of the event. Festivalization? Festivization? Whatever it is, it's $60 million. Bucks. $10 million from the budget also reserved to renovate Crandon Park. And with a new location and a new vision, Blake and his staff are looking to return the Miami Open to marquee status. And it's getting off to a great start. The weather down here is not that great, but that's not really the issue. We'd like to thank Bill Daly for his time. We'd like to thank Dan Martin and Tanner Simpkins and Reed Weber for helping to put this together. And we'd like to thank you for listening and watching as we head to March Madness. And we see where else we go next week when you join us when we go Beyond the Scoreboard.